0: Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, August 3rd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Madison Colombo. And I'm Courtney Bergseger. Let's get started with today's headlines. President Biden is expected to sign an executive order on abortion access today. It's supposed to help women receive abortions, even if the procedure isn't allowed where they live. And Madison, this comes only a day after people in Kansas voted to reject a proposed amendment that would have made abortion illegal in the state. Kansas is the first state to hold a vote like this, and this probably isn't the last time abortion rights will be on the ballot. With the primaries happening now, there's sure to be more talk about healthcare access. Speaking of the primaries, results are in for five key states. That's right. In Arizona, Trump-backed candidates won a lot of the GOP nominations, like state lawmaker Mark Fincham, who's affiliated with the January 6th riots and the alt-right Oath Keepers militia group. In Michigan, Tudor Dixon won the Republican spot in the race for governor. She'll face off against incumbent Gretchen Whitmer. Here in New York, voters will head back to the polls August 23rd for the second primary day. That vote will decide elections for Congress and the state Senate. It's been two years since the MTA started collecting fares on buses again, after a brief pandemic pause. But the city is reporting only a third of bus riders are actually paying citywide. Yeah, Courtney, and in the Bronx, over half of riders aren't paying up. The MTA says they're going to add 77 inspectors to local buses to curb fare evasion. Also in transit news, the NYPD is confiscating more illegal ATVs and dirt bikes. This weekend alone, they collected 240 bikes, mostly from the Bronx. The NYPD says they're ramping up efforts to seize these bikes because they make roads unsafe. They also say the illegal bikes are often used in shootings and other crimes. So, Madison, would you say you're a fan of country music? I wouldn't say I know a ton. Well, this next story is about a country icon. You might know her from the song to Nine to Five. Dolly Parton, famed performer of songs like Jolene and Coat of Many Colors, is being honored for her charity. Parton donated a million dollars to COVID research, and now she'll receive the Carnegie Medal of Philanthropy for her contributions. The award is given out every two years, and she's joined by fellow entrepreneurs and philanthropists. Parton's funds went towards what we now call the Moderna vaccine, which has since saved many lives. The award ceremony will take place right here in the city this October. Fabscrap is looking for volunteers to help sort designer textiles for reuse at the Brooklyn Army Terminal this afternoon. They're a nonprofit that recycles garment waste to save it from landfills. After a few hours of work, volunteers get to take home five pounds of fabric for free. As we enter the dog days of summer, people are looking for more ways to spend time outside with their furry friends. Some take them to the park, others to the beach, but what about on a boat? I spoke with Circle Line Cruises about their first ever pup cruise. Outside of Pier 83 in Manhattan, a plethora of people and their pups boarded the first ever Circle Line dog cruise. And for those without a pet, there were pens and pens of playful pooches waiting on their forever home. Bill Whitney is with the New York Cruise Line.
1: Our positively perfect pup cruise is kind of a fun experiment for us. We've never done a dog cruise before. We thought, this would be a fun way of engaging New Yorkers and getting people to celebrate New York and have fun on a boat. And so the idea was to bring in the North Shore Animal League as a partner to set up for mobile adoption so people could come and look at dogs and hopefully adopt a few cuddly guys. And uh, at the same time, uh, pet owners can bring their dogs on the boat.
0: The event celebrates the history and culture of the harbor, while also raising money and awareness for animals in need. All of the ticket sales for the cruise went to the North Shore Animal League, a group dedicated to saving animals and raising adoption awareness. In 2021, over 4,000 animals died in kill shelters across New York State, and a bill currently sits on Governor Hochul's desk to ban the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores. Whitney himself is a proud owner of a rescued pup, and he says there's nothing better than saving an animal.
1: My dog is adopted from our local ASPCA out here in Westchester County, and there's just a there's no better feeling than than doing an adoption and finding a new best friend.
0: Circle Line partners with several other nonprofits as well, including the Hudson River Trust and the Billion Oyster Project, as a way of giving back to the community and making sure the city's nature is preserved.
1: We basically. Provide funds to a lot of maritime nonprofit organizations in the New York metropolitan area. Uh, But this is really kind of one of the bigger things we've done. And we just hope it kind of opens up a whole new set of opportunities for us. We just love the idea of partnering with local nonprofits to help New York organizations, you know, with their missions.
0: This event wasn't just about our four legged friends either. The cruise is part of Circle Line's campaign to get more New Yorkers on the water. Whitney says they'll keep coming up with fun, new ideas to get New Yorkers to experience the wonder and beauty of their skyline from the sea.
1: So it's really just about getting people to come out and see the city from the water. And the dog thing was just kind of a fun, a fun hook, a fun way to get people to think about it. To learn
0: more about Circle Line and the North Shore Animal League, head to WFUVnews.org. I'm Madison Colombo, WFUV News. That was my co-host, Madison Colombo. Now we turn to the world of sports, which has just lost a baseball legend. So, Julia, can you tell us a little more about the impact of Vin Scully's long career?
2: Broadcasting and Fordham legend Vin Scully passed away Tuesday evening at the age of 94. Scully called baseball games for the Los Angeles Dodgers for an incredible 67 summers from 1950 until 2016. The Dodgers said in a statement, He was a voice of the Dodgers and so much more. He was their conscience, their poet laureate. Capturing their beauty and chronicling their glory from Jackie Robinson to Sandy Koufax, Kirk Gibson to Clayton Kershaw. Vin Scully was a heartbeat of the Dodgers and in so many ways, the heartbeat of all of Los Angeles. Scully began his baseball broadcasting career right here at Fordham University in the spring of 1949 at WFUV following his transition from being a baseball player for the university. The accolades connected to Scully would take days to list, but some include being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as the Ford C. Frick Award winner in 1982 and also received the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award from Bud Selig in 2014. Furthermore, he has a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016. Vin Scully was the best to ever do it, and his impact on the game will never be forgotten.
1: You and I have been friends for a long time but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me and I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what, there will be a new day and eventually a new year and when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured once again it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be.
2: With WFUV Sports, I'm Julia Moss.
0: Thanks, Julia, for that meaningful tribute. Earlier this summer, the Mayor's Office of Immigrant Affairs launched a new initiative to help displaced Ukrainians settle in New York City. WFUV's Isabel Danzis spoke with some organizations about the recent influx of Ukrainians in the city. The effects
3: of the Russian invasion of Ukraine are lasting.
0: The conflict is still happening and Ukrainians
3: continue to flee the country. And New York City is a popular destination for these refugees because the city is known for having a high Ukrainian population. The Mayor's Office of Immigrant Affairs, or Moya, created a $2 million initiative to try to help these people. They partnered with nonprofit organizations ranging from resettlement agencies to community groups to legal aid.
1: The immigration system is quite complex, uh, especially for those who've never interacted with it, right? And, you know, we understood that the Ukrainian community here, uh, we uh, are home to the largest Ukrainian community in the country and that they would need support navigating that. That was
3: Commissioner Manuel Castro. According to Castro, people face various issues when they enter the United States. Castro says one of the biggest obstacles is the United States legal system. And now it's
1: important to, you know, to provide the legal services that, uh, like I said, are often hard to come by. And if people don't have access to those, uh, they can become incredibly expensive, uh, especially for those, you know, families or individuals that do not have the resources to perhaps engage in in these immigration legal um, processes.
3: That's where the New York Legal Assistance Group, or NILAG, comes in.
4: Yeah, so NILAG is a nonprofit organization providing civil legal services to the New York City and greater New York area.
3: Jody Ziesmer, who you just heard, is the director of the Immigrant Protection Unit at NILAG. And while NILAG provides services for all New Yorkers, they're partnering with Moya in this
4: initiative. So we've been doing a lot then to help people file applications for everything from work authorization to permission to travel to helping family members come into the United States, all of sort of that variety of legal services.
3: But Nilek also works in educating people about their legal options. So while i have been helping Ukrainians handle paperwork and legal technicalities, They have also been working on other
4: initiatives and in the meantime, updating our presentations and education um, for the community and also for recently arrived Ukrainians so that they understand what the current landscape is, how they fit into that and what their choices are, trying to empower them to to be able to um, choose for themselves. According to
3: Zizmer, working with the Ukrainian refugees is difficult. Talking with people about their experiences
4: of fleeing a war can be hard to hear. But Zizmar says it feels important to help. People come with really harrowing stories about how they've escaped and what they experienced um, and, you know, what they witnessed. You know, it's been both a heartwarming experience to be able to help people um, and provide some sort of stability and guidance for them. Um, But we are hearing stories of people that have recently fled. Um, a lot of violence and upheaval and trauma. Zizmer says that people can
3: volunteer to help displace Ukrainians with things like language classes, navigating the city, and other things that are difficult for any newcomer. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News.
0: That was Isabel Danzis talking about a new city initiative to help Ukrainian refugees and the importance of providing them with legal assistance. And that's our show for today. I'm Courtney Bergseeker, And I'm Madison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your podcasts.